Welcome to Mind the Skills Gap, where we explore the barriers to skills transfer and how you can overcome them. In this mini-series, my colleagues and I share insights into the neuroscience of learning and practical ideas how you can use it to beat the transfer challenge. Welcome to episode one of Neuroscience for Learning with me, Stella Collins, and my colleague, Jan Kuvra. Hi, Jan. Good morning. Let's start by finding out how our brains learn. You sometimes hear people say that we're like sponges, that we can soak up information, but sadly, that's not the case. Whilst a sponge can soak up water, we have to work much harder to soak up new knowledge with our brains, let alone build new skills or habits. So I'm going to invite you to build a brain. And I'd like you to join in because physically doing things actually helps you learn better. Jan, you're going to join in too, aren't you? Of course. <laughs> okay, so our brains are very energy hungry. They use about 20% of our body's energy when we're doing not very much at all. So let's see what happens if we don't use our brains well and when we do use our brains well. Let's see what happens when we're learning. So first of all, I'd like you to put up your right hand. And that's your brain stem. It keeps you alive. It looks after your heart rate, your breathing, uh, keeps you from feeling hungry. It tells you when you're thirsty, regulates your sleep. It's really, really important. And if you don't serve your brainstem first, it's going to make a lot of noise and a lot of fuss because it dominates. It needs to be fed before anything else is. And then make a fist. And with your fist here, this is the inner part of your work brain, the central cerebrum. In there, we have our unconscious emotional processing, incredibly important for memory, and it's where we build skills. And our skills use less energy if we have habituated skills, habits, regulated patterns of behavior. That uses less energy than when we're consciously thinking about stuff. If you put your other hand over the top now, that then becomes your cerebral cortex. Now, that's the pink, pink, not gray, pink part of your brain pink because it's full of blood. And that process our senses, it helps us use movement, but also it's where our prefrontal cortex at the front here, which is what processes all our conscious thinking, our working memory, conscious cognitive skills, decision making, and it's really energy hungry. So when we're learning, what we're trying to do is take things from our energy hungry, conscious prefrontal cortex and put them down into the cerebrum down here where we have unconscious processing. So let's think about the challenge of what that looks like at work and why sometimes we have some particular challenges with our brains and energy at work. Jan, can you tell us a bit about the context of that, context of learning at work? Of course, we'd be happy to. Well, in the professional context, we do have a challenge. And the challenges, and that has been proven by research, you know, lots of figures, lots of data, only 15% of our learners 15. actually apply what they have learned in their professional day-to-day. And that makes learning investments, time and money, very, very inefficient. Why inefficient? Because in a professional context, it's all about doing. Of course, you need the knowledge, you need the skills to be able to do all those things, but you actually need to do it. So our focus in learning in the professional world would be all about actually doing things. 
How do we approach this? We have our gear methodology in place. And this is a methodology that has been researched, but we tested it and tried it as well. It's a really simple methodology that comes in four important steps. Step one, which is all about guide. This is where we bring in bite-sized information to all learners, but we combine this with reflection. What could this information mean to you? Why is that relevant? How could it bring value to you? Second stage, experiment. It's really stepping up to the real life. It's giving them a safe and structured environment where they can support it by their peers and, of course, an expert, a facilitator, try out, experiment, and get a hang of those new skills, of course, based on that knowledge. Third step, the most important one, is all about applying. It's really doing it in real life and reflecting on how that went and, of course, combining that with feed forward from experts, from peers, so we can continue to apply, continue to get better at this. And the last stage, retain. Our brain is built to forget. Our brain, as you mentioned, Stella, energy hungry. It needs lots of energy to remember all those things. So it becomes really picky. We have to break that tendency and make sure that all learners really shift their knowledge from short term to long term. And by spaced repetition and spaced practice on the right level of difficulty, we can make this happen. And this is our approach to making sure that learning actually leads to transfer and we keep our learners motivated throughout the full process. Fantastic, Jan. It's all about going from knowing to doing, isn't it? Definitely. See you in the next video. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind the Skills Gap. If you liked it, hit subscribe. You can follow me, Stella Collins, on LinkedIn and find out more about how Stella Labs is tackling the skills gap at stellalabs.eu.